0: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, and welcome to your program. This is Madrasa on a Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host, Yasmina Peterson, along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. And as you know, you can send through your questions now already. I'm telling you to send it through now already to our WhatsApp number as well as our SMS number. And we will be looking at that later within the program. However, this is probably the time where you are done with most of your housework, gathering around the radio and taking maybe those of you who took notes we are in our first segment being Knowing My Lord and yeah, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to do the opening dua for us for Madrasa, as well as doing a brief recap just to get us on track and just to get our spirits heightened. Sheikh, Assalamualaikum.
1: Shukran wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine.
1: Alhamdulillah. How's yourself? Alhamdulillah,
0: Sheikh. Alhamdulillah.
1: MashaAllah. MashaAllah. Bismillah ar rahim Alhamdulillah. Wa was wa salatu wa salamu ala man la رب إشرح لي صدري ويسير لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا ونفعنا بما علمتنا ورزقنا علم يادر الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله أو oh thanks and praise belong to Allah and and salam to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi sallam the last and final messenger, which Allah taala has sent to to all of us, to be able to take us out of the darkness of the uncomforts of life, to be able to take us under the Sirat al mustaqeem to guide us there. For success of this world and success of after, may Allah grant us to be worthy of that status, and may Allah grant us to be people of appreciation of that great value and quality that we've been given, and that Allah, Allah grant us to be able to work hard and put in the necessary effort and commitment to be able to be worthy of that reward of Jannah, Ameen. Ameen, Ameen, Ya Rabbil Adameen Alhamdulillah Love and Salaam upon Him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam His family, His friends and all those who follow their path And may Allah grant us to be amongst Him Ameen, Ya Rabbil Adameen Alhamdulillah um, Before we actually go into the topic Allow us to be able to make some dua An opening dua Ya Rabb, may Allah accept from all of us A'udhu billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim يا اول الاولين يا اخر الاخرين يا راحم المساكين يا ذا القوه المتين يا ارحم الراحمين ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا فان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكنن من الخاسرين اللهم انك عفو كريم تحب العفو anna. عنا اللهم انا نسالك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة توقنا أذاب النار وأدخن الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عَمَّا يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين ما شاء الله. Um, uh, allow me to just, just in the subject or the uh, segment called um, "Knowing My Lord," we are dealing with the issue of uluhiyya in the time from the time from of the Nabi sallallahu wasallam and how it affects you and me, the people that lives in the final hour, that lives in the time from the coming of the Nabi sallallahu wa wasallam until the last hour. What is the issues and things that we need to look at? Now Allah has brought us the process of getting to Uluhiya when it comes to Allah um, Allow me just to be able to go back and having to look at what, what we said We said um, we, in, in, in yesterday's lesson we looked at the process of Surah number 74 Ya Surah Al-Mudathir, we went in Surah and we look at the first few, few verses there the first five verses. And then from there onwards we went into Surah 112, which is uh, Surah Al-Ikhlas. Again, here from verse 1 to uh, verse 5, um, the Surah that we call, Allahu Ahad. Rab. And we looked at the processes of what happened and how Allah Ta'ala wants us to understand our responsibility in coming to know Allah from his rububiyyah and from the uluhiyyah and how you and I need to be able to see that we identify and understand that from allahu ta'ala now we've given some historical processes what happened when people asked the question to the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam tell us who is your lord where does he come from um what is his, is the offspring or things of that nature, and Allah answered the questions through the fact of saying, "Kulhu Ahad, Allahu Samad, Lam yalid wa Lam yulad, wa Lam Ahad." That is what we went into. We've reached to the last verse, to the last verse, which means we we've gone to Kulhu Allahu Ahad, and we went to Allahu <speaking in Hebrew> Samad we then went to lam yalid wa lam yulad and we said in lam yalid wa lam yulad that the Nabi sallallahu uh, ta'ala indicates to us and here this is Allah telling us who Allah is Right, remember and the best that any of us can actually come to know our Lord is when our Lord tells us who He is Right? nobody in the whole universe can tell us the wonder and the greatness of our Lord except for the Lord Himself and He speaks and He says your Lord Allah, He is unique. Allah says He, uh, he is the Asamad. And then Allah says, That He wasn't born from anybody, meaning He didn't come from where He had a father figure that was the Lord prior and now has become the Lord thereafter. Neither is He a Lord who actually procreates in the sense that He doesn't give birth to And bring about new and after him and he will then go into a a different state and there will be after him some others to lead. These are the limitations that you and I understand leadership because we know no better. We don't know any better. We know that everybody who came here before us stays here for a very, very short time and after some time their existence is for a time and then they, they pass on and somebody else takes over. And and we didn't know anything other than that. We don't know. So Allah tells us He is not like that Lam He didn't come from a father figure or somebody that's been in charge prior and now he takes over the reins and he takes charge. Neither does he have the capacity that he takes charge and somebody else will take charge later on after that. Nay, Lam wa Walam Yulad. He, like he didn't come from a father figure, he himself doesn't have the process of procreating and coming after him another generation or somebody else taking charge. He is the Lord. He was the Lord and forever will be the Lord. There has been nothing prior to him. He has been the Lord of the creation, or oh, He is in charge of everything. He is the sole creator, He is the sole sustainer. He has been prior to anything and everything. You and I, the human race, were the last of His creations, and there's been billions and billions and billions of other creations long before us and that length could be millions of years we don't know We, we don't have answers there is no specific answer to the fact what we do know what is a fact is he says to us he is the only one that has been and there's nothing like unto him Nothing that you and I know of, nothing that you and I can ever dream of, nothing that you can ever think of, or imagine, or put things together will ever come to the process of who He is. And so, Subhanakya Rabb, He says, lam yalid wa lam And then Allah says "Wa lam lahu And nobody ever will have the position of Him All the powers of Him All the status of Him Yes, man Through his narrow His absolutely narrow position Dream and give And they think they can decide They give powers to Anything and everything out there Which they are misguided Unfortunately And through the misguidance They do many, many, many things This is the sad thing of the human being Fortunately the only form of guidance is the guidance that came from Allah direct Of those people who followed their prophets in precision And did not manipulate the message of these, of their prophets Because when they manipulated the message the message went distorted, became corrupted. and didn't open up all the doors for corruption and wrong and filth and negativity. And brought about the message of Satanism to take over the charge. Where Satan is the one in charge of every other thing. But that is what he has claimed he would do to Allah. Ta'ala. And thus all the other all the other forms of belief other than submission to the messages given directly from allah other than that and the people who followed that precisely from their messengers which means if the person has taken from his messenger will it be adam will it be Noor? will it be daud whether it be, be, be Sulaiman, will it be ibrahim will it be musa whether any of the prophets if any of the people has submitted to their message has taken their message from them from what is the message from their lord then they becomes the people who submit and they are the fortunate of that time but there's also been people who's taken their message and corrupted that message may allah protect and when the corruption came in, it brought about destruction, further corruption, and man went backward. now the billah, may Allah protect.
0: Shukran so much for that, Sheikh, the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. And that is within our very first segment being Knowing My Lord, just giving us a brief introduction as to where we stopped yesterday, as well as also branching in to some uh, other introductory the notices in terms of uh, our program, Madrasa E developing Islam in me,
1: Sheikh Yasmina. We were on the in Suratul Ikhlas, um, Surah 112, um, where we looked at how Allah would have described Himself, and He tells us who He is, and and we've been to the various ayat in this in the surah. Uh, we we just uh, ended up on the, the last verse of the surah. And the, the verse that consists of kufuan There is no kuf, kufuwan, there is nobody equal or there is nobody incomparable or comparison to that of Allah Ta'ala. So there is absolutely no comparison with Allah and anything other in Allah's creation. Allah is absolutely unique. So the word Ahad right at the beginning speaks of what we say uniqueness in comparison and comparison to nothing, to absolutely nothing. Meaning if you take the whole universe in the diversity of the billions of creation and things that there is, nothing in creation is like Allah. And Allah's placed nothing in creation like Allah, and there is nothing that will ever have the powers. The status, the position, the caliber, the qualities of Allah Ta'ala. And so, the tangible processes that you and I think of and know of, of strength and of might and of power, is truly above our dreams of imagination when we come to realize who Allah is. For Allah Ta'ala is above everything and everybody. He is what we call in the Arabic words, Allahu Akbar, He is the greatest. Greater than anything that we can ever imagine. He is not the greatest because we can compare that greatness, no. Normally when you want to say greatest, Oh great yes the greatest and you must say that there is something great and something greater and then the greatest but Allah is the greatest that Allahuter us in no comparison to anything for nothing is great absolutely nothing in Allah's total creation is great yes it's absolutely narrow. And we in our narrowness, in our insignificant process, in our limitation, we see greatness and we do the comparison of greatness. But Allah says, Allahu ahad, the uniqueness of Allah is in absolute total zero form of any comparison. Walamia kullahu kufu an ahad. Absolutely nothing whatsoever has got any form of position, has any form of power, has any form of status, has any sense of care and comparison and love and compassion. Nothing in Allah's total creation has these powers of Allah Ahad. Nothing whatsoever. And that's what Allah wants us to understand. And Allah wants through that us to recognize if there is absolutely nothing oh, nothing in the whole universe that will ever have the powers of Allah, that can ever look after the needs of the whole universe, that can ever be there to support or everything that has been created. Example, who allows the, 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 the embryo to develop in the, the womb of all the mothers or all the, all the females, whether it's animals or human beings or whatever? Who allows that? And with whose power is it happening? Subhanak. Nobody, no professor, no doctor, nobody who thinks he knows. None of them has got any of these powers. For long before they were born, Long before they ever came to know anything long before their brains which was created by Allah was made long billions of before that these things were happening to the animal kingdom and the human being hasn't been around he didn't even know anything he couldn't even come to some form which says that if this power and this might is there And has been taken charge of everything Has made everything in such perfection And Allah invites us many a times in the Quran Allah says Now look into the creation of Allah Just look for once if you see any fault Any error Any shortcoming Any mistake If you find it Just bring it to the notice of Allah And Allah says Farji al-basr go again do it because they said hal do you see an era meaning whatever happens if you look if you have some knowledge if you have some insight you will come to recognize perfection there's nothing better than that precision is nothing better than it that comes from the creator who's created everything allahu akbar can you imagine for every positive there is a negative For every positive there is a negative And Allah has created it And He allowed the, the process of a positive and a negative And He allowed that to be part of the scales of His And the balance that Allah puts in where things can actually uh, procreate and develop but Allah did not do that or Allah does not come from the same He is superior to that We do not really understand Allah in the physical sense We physically cannot understand because He is much greater than us What we come to realize is invitation when we need to Actually ponder his creation We see his might and power We come to realize That his power is Above our dreams of imagination Just the very fact That a a, a Sperm and a a Ovary can come together And they can go and sit into the womb Of a a, a, a female And then they become the the, uh, uh, From there The embryo and the the, the, the processes of what we call a new born that comes after that. Ya Rabb, this is just above. In every, every, every creation that there is, this of the fact that there is procreation, it's a norm, Allahu Akbar. But He takes charge of that. He's put things in such perfection that in actual fact it does its job tons and tons of times. How many people is he on the earth? So how many has been through the womb? Was there any any of them that did not go through the womb? Allahu Akbar! Was there besides Adam and Hawa? There was never ever. So after Adam and Hawa, everybody, every human being that has ever been has gone through the womb. Allahu Akbar! And the reality is that everybody that has been here prior to all of us, also ever is gonna come after us. They're All will come to one ending. The fact that they came here to this earth via the places of the womb, the end process of that is to be able to depart in a name called death that allows them to to depart from this world and into, into another world called the Barzah that will allow them to be able to be there awaiting the moment for finality in the hereafter. But who tells us this? Or who can inform us about this? None other than he who's created everything. He who knows everything. He who has the power over everything. And that is precisely what Allah tells us this. Nothing has the powers of his. So if nothing has the powers, and nothing can compare, and nothing has the abilities of his, is it possible is it fair is it righteous to be able to worship anything other or to give right to respect and honor and dignity and to respond to in positivity to anything other and to be able to love and to have a sense of care and submission and trust and trustworthiness within anything other is it fair whilst he is the only one that has the powers, and everything else never had any powers prior, you and I identified because of limitation. May Allah grant barakat to all of us. And so Allah today indicates to us at the various positions, in the understanding of what Allah says, وَلَمْ أَحَدٌ The message of Nabi Ibrahim, where for that matter, Allah allowed him as a youngster, To be able to see the sun and to see the moon. And initially felt that these matmas, probably because of the size and the things that they do and the effects that they have, might be my lord. And in searching for his lord, he came to realise that the sun's power is not all that. Because the sun, there's certain times the sun is not there. And then it becomes dark and night and this the power of the sun cannot exist. There is a power at play that is there all the time, that everything is in need of, and that is his power, the power of the Lord of all time. May Allah grant us to come to recognize when Allah says, Wallaku Lahu kufuan ahad, nothing ever, ever will have the powers in its physical sense or in what we call the spiritual process of recognizing none deserves to be worshipped, except Allah and Allah Allah.
0: Beautifully said there by Sheikh Ibrahim. Abrams, we are still by our first segment being Knowing My Lord. Do know that you can send through your SMSs as well as your WhatsApps. And this is questions that Sheikh is speaking about. This is relating to the topic that we are currently speaking about in our segment, Knowing My Lord. For now, I hand over to Sheikh to continue where we stop. Sheikh Tafadl.
1: khair um, and Yasmina, we, we, we uh, with our public out there, we before the break went on to what we call Surah Ikhlas and looked at his various processes and specifically asking us the essence of identifying Allah and identifying the qualities of Allah. For this has been what Allah has done. Has done to the Nabi and our Sahaba to be able to educate their minds, to educate the insight, to fulfill them in understanding, in recognizing and seeing the might and power of their Lord and wanting them to reflect in Allah's creation and understand who Allah is and that's what Allah has done in in Surah Al-Ikhlas as we've indicated. But this has also been the approach of Allah. Most of the time, in the period of the Nabi Muhammad, he was staying in Makkah for the first 13 years in his essence of Nubuwa. And so It all then came to what we say, building that sense of recognizing the powers of Allah, recognizing the qualities of Allah, and allowing man to look into himself, and to see his faults, and to see his errors, and to see his weaknesses, and to see how others... Besides Him has reacted or responded to the message that came via the Prophets and what has been the results of their actions, Allah then expounds all this to us by showing to us what has happened. Now much has been spoken to us about the other Anbiya where Allah tells us about them and what they have done and what is it that their people has done. And not much of detail is done by what all the people has done in the era of the Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam except for Allah Ta'ala using certain things as reminders for what happened prior to the Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam's time to the Quraysh people. What was the favors that they were given and what, would they, on what basis did it all happen and how did they respond and react to the processes and Allah showed them certain things and allah reminded them of the fact that allah is going to be in charge of everything all these things is but the favors given to you and me and allah is going to grant us to be able to be of those people who recognize that we need to listen and hear carefully to the message that was given to us by allah In the Quran, so that you and I can see how do we need to implement, see Allah in His status, and we live our life in giving that to Allah, and we do not live to the powers that was negativities or wrong of before us, and we do not wish to ever do the, the wrong things that they have done. We wish to be able to be of those who want to submit. Especially in the issue of recognizing Allah in His rububiyyah And striving from outside to be able to establish the true uluhiyyah of Allah in our lives So that in the uluhiyyah that we need to give unto Allah We give that uluhiyyah to Allah Where we become the slave in total submission to Allah right? And so Allah goes to various are in the Holy Quran and most probably there is the one surah that we you and I can most probably look at and listen to what Allah says to us in the Holy Qur'an. When Allah speaks to us at the very end, the last part of the Qur'an, the, amongst the short surah, and Allah says to us, uh, Allah spoke to the, to the Quraysh. Allah just said to him, فِي هَذَا الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي مِنْ Those are four ayat that Allah has given to us in Surah number one hundred and six, Surah al-Quraysh. In this surah Allah wants to remind the Quraysh people. Allah wants them to be able to fathom and reflect. Allah tells says, Li fi Quraish. Um is is isn't it isn't it known to the Quraysh or is it the, the Quraysh? It is is it a great message or a grace of Allah or mercy of Allah upon them? that Allah has protected them that Allah has given them the caliber and the quality to be able to be in charge of the of, of the, the, the the sacred position called the 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 Haram of Mecca and made them the leaders of it and made them in charge did it not all happen with the the the, the power of Allah and hasn't Allah selected them to be able to take that position That he even went to the process of giving that the grace and protection and all the qualities he gave them by having allowing them being a a village or a city within uh, in Makkah. Away from the rest of the generations that there is, but allowing them to travel through the the, the trips of going to the south and going to the north. Into the south they went to Yemen, in the north they went to Syria, where they had the ability to be able to interact on what we call the international markets, so that they can bring whatever there is of the international world to their village.
0: Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. Very insightful there. We do know that we are still in our first segment, and that is Knowing My Lord. You can send through your questions on the on the SMS number, which is 47913. Alternatively, you can also send it through on the WhatsApp number on zero seven two two three eight zero seven one two. For Now I hand back over to Sheikh to continue, where we stopped just before the ad break. Sheikh Tafatul.
1: Shukran, um, Zizakul Akhir. We were busy speaking on, on, on Surat Quraysh, Surah 106, where Allah speaks. and uh, these are the type of things that Allah would do during the period of the Nabi Sallallahu being in Makkah, to remind the Quraysh, to, qura- to remind the people there. Now, Quraysh has been a tribe whom Allah has given to men so many favors, and they for a pe- long period, they were in charge of Makkah. And then something happened that they were, uh, were driven out of Makkah, with some other other uh, 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 um, tribes who took over. But fortunately, Allah gave them the power to come back and take it over again, and to come be in charge of the place again. Um So these are the favors Allah's granted them. And whoever was in charge of Makkah was always seeing uh, uh, that people to be the best of it all. They were the, the greatest quality. the great, Because Makkah, that quality which Allah has given to to Mecca, and so everybody had to come to to makkah that came for Umrah and hajj and it became a process where people used to come and visit the place all the time and whoever came they brought whatever produce they had in their own countries and they sold it off there and so makkah could become what we say by its nature an international market and everybody that came from everywhere around the world could find things from everywhere else and they could take those things back to their own people from the international world. So subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allah tells us reminding the Quraysh of these favors. That's besides the fact that Allah reminded them of the fact that there were certain times in the year that it was good for them to be able to go down to the south. Because of certain things that was happening where in the south, it was a winter process for the people uh, in, in Makkah. But it was slightly better in the area that they went to in Aden, where they went to the, the, the market in Aden, and the market in Aden was a market that in actual fact had connection with the rest of the sea route of the south and of the east. So the whole of the east, world's produce, would come via the sea route, and I'm now speaking about China, japan philippines malaysia indonesia all those people all those countries, india um, uh, and, and all the other countries around having to from the from having to interact through the sea route and going to the south of the african side onto the african continent and on the side and they would get produce from there and buy and sell and they would bring it up to Aden, where there's a market Of an international level Who actually brings about whatever there is Of the international world So they had produce from everywhere And those produce would be able to then come And at Aden, People would have the right to be able To buy and sell there At the same time In the north now, Adan is in Yemen, the south of Saudi Arabia. The north of Saudi Arabia is what we have. There was an international market in the area called Gaza, what we called sham of those days. It is in Palestine. Now, it had the connection. Gaza had in such a great market. A market where in actual fact, the whole of Europe, the whole of North Africa, the whole of the interior of What we call today russia what we call china the in the inland of china in the vastness and the inside of the various countries such as uh, um, iran iraq uh, such as uh, palestine and such as i'm sorry such as pakistan and india today um part of all those countries that there is that that has been known to us today in the modern world We would speak to the things that we make an issue about The travels of the person called Paola, uh, um, The travels of, 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 of this person who According to the West was a great traveler Who traveled into the East But according to Allah, the travels has taken place Billions of years before Thousands of years before To the extent that people could get Abilities of produce from everywhere around the world at the market in Gaza, and at the same time, the people, the people that was the Quraysh people that traveled from Makkah and went up to the area called uh, um, Gaza or uh, Sham in those days, where they went to the market, to the international markets there, and they got produce and brought it from there and brought it into Makkah. With the caravans that Allah has allowed the people of Palestine, of, 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 of Makkah, to be able to have and to be able to interact. And in the process of that reminder, Allah speaks about many things as a reminder. The Ila fi because Allah has granted them in the desert to be able to have a vehicle that is a smooth sailing vehicle in the middle of the deserts. And was probably it's healthy for us to come to understand that, and thus Allah gives him the reminder of this. Unless says, fi ila him was safe when they could travel through this to the south in the winter times and to the north in the summer times. Ta illa billah. In the winter times, Sham was Sham was, what we say in in. In that part of the area of the world, there was snow, and it would have been too cold for them. They did not go there. They went to mak- they went to, to the area of of uh, um, Yemen, where they went to the other markets. In the summertime, Sham was much more cooler. is very much uh, a cool area. It's not very very hot, so it takes them away from the hotness of Makkah and they could travel there and interact there. But they're vehicles that they use. And, and, and we said, it was smooth sailing. When I say smooth sailing, the reference to that would must probably be a ship on sea. But here is a, 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 a vehicle who carries the load, who walks through the desert, who doesn't need to have a lot to drink at the beginning who can find water as he goes along a vehicle who travels in the desert where there is nothing no roads no routes no gps he has his GPS. it processes weather stars and the sun and the mountains he could read the skies he could read the the, the the desert and could read the direction of knowing where they're going to subhanak the vehicle had the gps built in it's a bolt in GPS in the vehicle and all you need to do is get to the vehicle. These are the favours Allah has given Quraysh. <inaudible> then Allah makes a statement. And Allah says For all the favors that we've given you For the status that you had Your political power that you had in Mecca, Your fact that you were in charge The fact that you were driven out and we brought back The fact that you are here now and it's your family That takes charge and has control The fact that you were given all this might and power And the strength and ability And the respect that everybody had to you Of all the other tribes Doesn't this grant you insight to realize? Doesn't this grant you the process of appreciation? Don't you realize how fortunate we've made you? You weren't fortunate because you just can. It was us who granted you the status and position. Did you not realize? And if you did not realize, um, how could you ever then do things the way you want to do it by yourself should you realize it then obviously would want to worship none other than your lord allah
0: Shukran so much. Assalamu alaikum wa wa barakatuh. And welcome back to your program Madrasa IA. We're heading into a new segment, just but now we're heading into a new segment, and that is, of course, the segment of I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And your Sheikh will do a basic, brief recap and then also branch further into the subject matter, inshallah. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jizakalahed for that Alhamdulillah. Um, as
1: for uh, this segment, I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me? In yesterday's lesson, we dealt with the subject matter of Salah, and in, in that we dealt with certain things, and we were looking at, uh, uh, we started off with the new things, of looking at what is meant to be, where Allah is um the, the middle prayer, we dealt with that, and then we went into um, the preference of how to perform our Salah at all the different auqat, what happened in the time of the heat of the day in the waktu of door, um, and, and what time is it preferred to perform the asr prayer? We then went into after that, looking at the uh, if it, it, it's the sun and if one misses the afternoon prayer, um, and 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 the effect of that. Uh, um, we went after that to the asr prayer. Uh, uh when best to perform the Asr prayer and it's not good to be able to do it uh, l- l- very late and precisely when is it recommended to do it and um, then we went into the work of, of, of maghrib and we looked at the preference of that time when is it to perform and how do we understand it And then uh, the, the the preference of delaying the Aisha Salah, and that it has been and, and we did some hadith to approve that and then we did the fact uh, we ended on the fact that the nabi sallallahu suggested that we do not at night after ishai if it's not for a, a need or a benefit uh, that we do not try to be able to stay awake or that we don't go into conversations or discuss the that in the other um, but if it is for a need then that's nothing wrong then, or if it's because it's a benefit for man, it's nothing wrong to to do it then. Alhamdulillah, may Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us, and grant us to develop and grow for what Allah, Allah wants us to develop with in the process of understanding who we are, and Allah, Allah wants us to develop through the process of becoming that better people in the world that we live in today. Inshallah, we've then gone into the process of the preference to perform the fajr Sarah, um, uh, uh, in its early form, and and I think that is where we need to be able to get on from today onwards. Um, uh, the the preference of the Fajr Salah. So Aisha radiAllahu anha. She says, the believing woman used to attend the morning prayer, used to attend the Fajr Salah with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Which means they came to the Masjid to perform it. But the Nabi sallallahu has performed salah in such a manner that in actual fact it became part of their life and uh, 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 that, that it wasn't too lengthy neither that when they left back there was still a lot of darkness in the sky. It mean it wasn't all that bright that you could see everybody. You knew that there was people moving there but you didn't know the details of the people because it was not absolutely light um, then we went into the subject matter of when does a person really um perform a wakt uh, uh, What would constitute the performance of a wakt uh, and, 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 and and when we be able to fulfil that, right? And so Sayyidina Abu Huraira would say to us if a person have at least performed one rakah of a of the Fajr Salah, at the time before the sun rises Then that would be considered that he has fulfilled the Salah of Fajr in the morning And, and then Nabi also Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says If a person managed to to, to perform uh, uh, one Raka'ah um, in the Waqt of Asr Before the sun sets Then that would be considered that the person has fulfilled the Asr Salah in time and that would be a consideration for all the awqat and for all the salawat, as long as the person is doing it, trying his best. But that is not um, what is what we call purposefully. The person must have been in a process where he couldn't do it prior, and he did not meaningfully delay it. Na'udhu <inaudible> billah, may Allah protect us all. And grant us to be of those who strive to be able to perform our salah on time. And here our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has told us from way to way is what we're looking at to the awqat meaning as what the Nabi has told us from the beginning of the waqt until the end of the waqt that would all constitute as long as the person has the intention to want to be able thus Uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said to us clearly the best is he who will be able to perform his salah in the waqt, on time and actually start it at the beginning of the waqt May Allah grant us to be of those people Who try to do our best And having to perform our salawat on time Inshallah
0: Shukran so much And we are by our second segment And that is of course I am a Muslim What is expected of me And then do know that All of your questions That you have uh, sent through We will be looking at that At about 20 to 4 Inshallah With regards to the segment But for now I hand back over to Sheikh To continue where we.
1: St- Shukran jazakallah We were still busy Recapping and here yes, Asmina mm-hmm. uh, We were speaking on the they're making up missed prayers, um, where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has showed us, when a person happens to forget, come to his realization, oh, I forgot it, I was busy with X, Y, and Z, and I forgot to perform my salah. And, or the person fell asleep and woke up due to either sickness or whatever the case might be, and he wakes up in a moment when there is, uh, then according to that, the Nabi says, the best way is to perform the salah immediately, um, the expiation or that he will be forgiven if he performs that salah immediately as soon as possible He needs to perform that salah. now here Performing that salah is at any moment the moment it comes to his sins He doesn't look at but when is it now is it before is it after he does it immediately, right? May um, Allah grant khair and barakah and that is what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has us when a person is is or has missed a prayer uh, uh, not intentionally um, then the other one, um, we, we went into the process of uh, Does the one who intentionally leaves a prayer Until it's, it's finished uh, Does he manage to make up for that prayer or that he, that he, or that he will be considered Now here, Allah has made for every prayer An appointed time we said That Allah has made an appointed time with set limitations, which means it has a beginning, it has an end, and that is where the Salah is supposed to be performed. Now, uh, uh, um, usually in the day that we're living in today, we find ourselves in engrossed in with so many things, but this very method given to us by Allah, that Allah has shown, is being used by the human being today. And the human being is using this. Example, The Salah is very specific at having to say to us, it's all about having to control our lifestyle within certain times. At certain times of our life, we need to do certain things. And if we do those things at that that time, it will benefit us. The the, the rest of the world has taken to that, they now said to the person, you see, if certain times of your day you need to go for exercises, then that is the time that you need to go for exercises. At certain the time of the day that you need to go for meals, you need to do it that time. And uh, this is what happens to where everything becomes what we say in a structured manner to be able to, to the extent that when somebody becomes sick, the doctor would say to you, or the chemist would say to you, take this medication X amount of times for the day. And uh, every 6 hours, every 8 hours, every um, 12 hours or something like that, it must be taken. So, it tells us, things has been developed to the extent that mankind take to the very approach of Allah, showing to us that it becomes structured in the way we deal with things. And so that or they say to you, before your meals, or after your meals, uh, um, or certain times of the day, right? Uh, 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 th- those are the lessons that has been given to us by Allah. For Allah tells to us, it needs to happen at a certain what, before the sun sets, uh, or after the sun sets, and then later on the evening again, and then before the sun rises, and then when just before the sun or just after the sun came from the the the, the, the um, zenith and then so a very specific moments has been given to us and allah has shown us those things how it happens and that how we should be able to do that and that, and we said in this lesson it was said that allah has created in such perfection appointed for moments and times and very specific times it needs to be done. And the scholar says, there is no difference whether a person performs his salah prior to this wakt or after its time. So, if I perform the wakt of fajr in the middle of the night, and if I perform the wakt of fajr after the sunrise, it's exactly the same. Because I cannot perform the wakt of fajr in the middle of the night, that is not the wakt for fajr. And I cannot perform it after the sunrise. That is not the waqt for Fajr. I'm supposed to perform it in its waqt. And the waqt has been given between the sun, when the light comes out of of the sun, onto the horizon, you see the light thereof, not yet the sun, until the sun rises, that whole period would be considered which approximately an hour, an hour to an, an hour to twenty in twenty minutes. That whole period would be considered the waqta fajr. And and this is what Allah has given us and we're supposed to perform it in that time. And if we perform it out of that time the scholar says unfortunately would not be considered a salah being performed in time. So, it would then be considered a person not doing salah in time (inaudible) Na'udhu Billah, may Allah protect all of us May Allah grant us to be of those who recognize who we are The fortunate processes of us And the unfortunate that we try to bring those changes To become obedient slaves of Allah And then we go over today, inshallah, to a new approach Or another part of the lessons And it says to us, the times in which a prohibition to pray times that you are not recommended to pray and where does this come from from nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam he told us sallallahu alaihi wasallam that there are three times of the day that the person is not supposed to be able or he's prohibited and allah has prohibited us to be able to pray at that times and the three times the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam showing us that those three times, is, 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 is prohibited for us to make Salah, but it's also prohibited for us at that time to be able to bury our dead, the deceased. And, the, the, and we try not to do, bury them at those times. So These are the sunnah tariqah, the sunnah advice of our Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa Let's look at those times. The first one is, um, when the sun rises, the moment the sun rises, from the beginning, when the, uh, we see... The, the 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 sun starting to get from, uh, getting at the beginning from the horizon Until it goes into the full cycle of the sun We see it on the horizon and That is the rising of the sun And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has actually recommended us not to perform salah at that time Because according to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That is the time when the sun believers mm. The sun worshippers, they worship and we as Muslims are not supposed to worship Allah, or be busy in worshiping Allah at the time when the sun was us, they do the worshiping, because that is part of Satanism, that's part of the work of Shaitan, because it's unfortunately, part they are don't realize, but they are actually work worshiping Shaitan, and, na'udhu billah, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, they see they they see Shaitan, they see him, his horns that he has his and they see how the sun rises above his head. And this they take as a means of worshipping him at that time. Subhanak. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And that's being the first one. The second one the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, is at the time of zenith, when the sun is in the middle, and in actual fact it's not recommended then for a person to be able to make salah until the sun goes out of the zenith which means we said at the time of zenith the sun the the shadow is in its shortest and its smallest and 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 only if the shadow grows then bigger after the Zenith period, then we would go to the Waqt of dhuhr and you would perform the Waqt of dhuhr there. That moment of the sun, whether it's short, the 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 the, the shadow is very short, uh, or, or we, we don't almost see a shadow on the object, then in that case, it's not recommended to us to perform our Sunnah Salah there or any Salah there. Right? Right. And then the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi indicated to us, that the last one of the three is When the sun sets The moment the sun gets yellow To be able to enter into the moment of setting And it goes when you see The the sun sets into the, into the, the, the horizon And goes down and down Until you see no more of the sun left At that moment The, the idol worshippers The sun worshippers And the shaitan worshippers They worship and they see this, uh, the, the sun setting on the th- the, the, the horns of shaitan, and they then perform their salah, their prayer, their for shaitan himself. And our Nabi sallallahu said that we are not supposed to perform any form of sunnah salah at that, day, that, that moment. Ya that la hawla wa la illa billah. Now there are times and places that we are exempted, or that is exempted, from what we just said right now. Which means, those three moments of performing Salah, we are prevented to perform Salah as Sunnah Salah there, except with with certain exemptions that there is. What is those exemptions? Exemption of time and exemption of place. Exemption of time is, that for that matter, the first of the exemption of time is, the Friday Salah, the Jumu'ah Salah. The time for Jumu'ah Salah, Starting with a person getting to the masjid Early for Jumu'ah Because Allah invites us early to go to Jumu'ah Allah us, gives us the invitation well, Allah says to us that we need to go off to the Jumu'ah Salah And we need to go and perform the Jumu'ah Salah early And when you obviously get to the waktu of uh, um, dhu'r. the Either the khutbah is on Or the person has entered into the masjid Now entering into the masjid at that moment and it most probably would coincide with the work of the sun being in zenith. Then there's nothing wrong coming into the masjid and perform sunnah salah. That is totally permissible. Do you understand? So the exception to the rule of the three times, which is not accept, ex, uh, and, uh, accepted for us, the exception for that is on the or the exemption for that is the 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 wakt of Jumu'ah on a Friday and a Friday only, right? Um. That, that is the one that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi has given us. But then there is also an, an exemption of place. An exemption of place is the exemption of where the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi indicated to us the Salah and the Tawaf in Makkah at all times through the day 24-7 is all permissible. There is no exception to Makkah or Makkah is an exception to the general rule of any other places that you find yourself in the world. There you can make Salah when you come in you can make Salah at any moment a Fard Salah or a Sunnah Salah there is no sin against you and there is no harm or wrong at Makkah, at the Haram of Makkah, where you perform that. And that has been an exception to the general rule, we said. And just allowed that to happen because our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Nobody should be prevented from circumambulating, some to, to make tawaf or to make salah at the time in the Haram at any time at all times of the night or the day, says the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu these are of the things that has been being given to us, but there's other exceptions as well. Now, those were the two basic exceptions, the one for Jumu'ah, and the other one for the place of Makkah. The other exception that there is, is the exception for, um, like if a person has performed uh, wudu, and he wants to perform... A, a, a sunnah salah after the du'a And he wants to perform a sunnah there Then immediately after the, the fart of his hudu, He wants to make a sunnah that is quite permissible No matter what time it is during the day That would be accepted The scholars are saying that that is quite permissible Or a person enters the masjid He enters the masjid And when he comes and enters the masjid he, wants, he needs to perform the sunnah salah For entering the masjid And he wants to perform at that time When it is at that moment of zawal At that moment or, or, or before Zawal, uh, um, at the moment of, of uh, Zenith, as we said, then in that moment it is nothing wrong if he came into the masjid, it would not be considered he's doing a sin. Right? Or intercept the masjid and it's just before Maghrib. Um, and, and he performs a sunnah salah for entering the masjid. Quite permissible. It's not seen to be... Because it's the advice of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa that we need to perform the salah at that moment. Now of the sacredness of salah and the sacredness of time is the waqt of Jumu'ah. Right? We've mentioned that in, 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 in... To such an extent that it is not recommended for us to come and Uh, That we actually pay attention to the Imam and listen attentively to the person and do nothing else because it is an ibadah, a command of Allah, a fart that everybody pay attention to the khutbah and listen to what is being said, pays attention to the English or Jewish or French or Latin or Japanese or any language that the the khatib is speaking, you need to give attention to that if you're in the masjid. And that is extremely sacred. And you are a sinner. You will not be considered to be able to get a Jumu'ah if you were there and not paying attention to what has been said because that message is the most important message for your whole week that you need to uh, to ask yourself, What am I going to do and how am I going to make this message a new thing or a a revival of myself in my life and in all those whom I know and I deal with in life as a reminder to all of them. This is what Allah expects of us. To such an extent that the Nabi SAW was on the member making the hutbah. A sahabi entered the masjid and he walked amongst the sahaba to the front and he got to the as far as he could get. And when he got there he, he just went to sit down paying attention to the khutbah because the khutbah is important but the nabi sallallahu alayhi wa pointed to him from the member whilst the khutbah was on stopped his words of the hood and pointed to the sahabi and said to him did you perform your sunnah salah if you did not stand up and make your sunnah salah light that is how important it is to be able to in the Jumu'ah, when we enter in, that we actually perform it. It's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. sallam, the teacher for everybody, for all the great scholars who wants to speak about the subject matter. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stopped his Jumu'ah. He stopped and said to the Sahabi, pointed to him, stand up and perform your sunnah salah. How important is that sunnah salah when you enter the masjid? Even if it is in the waktu of Jumu'ah, even if it is in that sacred moment with the khatib, and you need to pay attention to his lesson, you need to first perform your sunnah salah, and immediately pay your attention. And everything of your cognant must be with the khatib listening attentively, wanting to understand his full message, and wanting to see that it must become an application in your life, for that is Jumu'ah. It needs to become alive in the person. Allah open the path.
0: Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. For now, we are heading back over to Sheikh to continue where we stopped. Sheikh Tafatul.
1: Shukran. to um, Yasmina, allow me just to respond to the people to what you just said right now, with no disrespect. People, if you do not mind, we try in Madrasa on Air to be able to deal with a topic step by step so that we can understand it and implement that. Now, if if, if if my questions goes now into the Jumu'ah Salah and what if there's Jumu'ah and what if there's not Jumu'ah Then we that is not our topic our topic is speaking of the awqat And how do we need to respect the awqat Because we're not even at the moment of what is Sunnah Salah and what is Fartsala? We're not we haven't touched there as yet We're busy with the awqat of the Farsalah and what needs to happen and I we I, I just mentioned to be able to show to us what when it comes to sunnah salah certain auqat is not recommended to perform salah there um and what is the exception to that and because we mentioned the exception i mentioned certain things but people if you don't mind we are not on juma salah we're not dealing with sunnah salah so bear with us please bear with us and have sabr, because if you are a person whom allah has granted all the knowledge and the ability and you know then alhamdulillah and and and, and inshallah, may Allah taala grant and baraka. But there is also many people out there who wants to listen to this, and if we give them the conglomeration of things, Na na and did do so that is the way we will be doing things, and that is not what Islam wants for us. Islam wants us to be very precise, precise. To be structured, format, we understand every step. We see those little steps put together, what makes the major step and how it develops on this is what our team is. And this gives us the format of being structured and organized and disciplined. And this is what Islam wants for us. So please bear with us. It's Sabr Samans. We're not saying we don't want to answer the questions, but the questions is not what we say. It's not most relevant to the subject matter that we're dealing with. What is the subject matter that we're dealing with? We're dealing with the awqat and those permissible times to perform different things. Alhamdulillah. Um, may Allah grant khair and barakah. Um, I, I do understand that we've gone to the end. Oh,
0: Sh- that so, so is, that is with regards to what she has been speaking about in terms of
1: our questions and so on. Shukran for that one. Yes, Mina. Um, as Yasmin has indicated, we are going to do, we are dealing with all those questions that is relevant to the subject matter That we're dealing with at the appropriate time. So most probably we're going to deal with your questions somewhat later if you don't mind Now, um, th- Thus they suggested to us in Madrasa and um, It's not something like question and answers. It's not a question and answer session. We don't listen to everybody's question and answer everybody's questions. No, that is not it. O oh, is not built on questions and you'll come answers. Oh, and said to us, one of the harms and the wrongs that will happen in the last hour is everybody's gonna have many, many questions. Ya ma what fun deen, what But we don't realize that there's a structured matter. If we look at it very structured, we will be able to see, we'll be able to understand, we will be able to implement it meaningfully. And of value, that is of greatness, and this is what Allah wants for us to be able to develop. Where that is concerned, with no disrespect, right? And I'm I'm uh, I'm not undermining anybody who asks any questions, but allow our questions to be precise to the point point in exactly. And if it's not a calling that I need to ask the question, I mustn't just have a want to ask questions. That is not healthy in this team. That is what the Nabi says is the uncomfort of the last hour. May Allah protect us that we are not part of those people that just to ask questions, or oh, ek wil ek my meding ek wil ek woog, Now may Allah prevent us from those things and guide us to what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah And guide us to come to understand the responsibility of this deen and what it wants to make of us And where it wants to take us, where it wants to take us to what levels, to what extent And that we actually manage to be able to implement the quality and value in ourselves And bring it alive in that our families and those people that goes that, that lives around us. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings. May Allah grant us what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah. Ya Rabb. Alhamdulillah. Rabbil alaamin. So yes, um, no disrespect to anybody. We've gone to the process of 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 the uh, uh, the times that we were speaking about. As to uh, so what was the times that the nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said or oh, taught us times that was ex- we were exempted, the three times that we were prevented, we've indicated, and what is the exception to those. So we were looking at the awqat and those exceptions that they go with that. And then our Nabi sallallahu alayhi Wasallam indicated to us the impermissibility of performing the voluntary prayer um, after dawn and uh, before the morning prayer. Uh, this is what we've discussed prior to this. Um, where we say the impermissibility, it's not really permissible to be able to perform your sunnah salah after the <laughs> after after Fajr and um, Before the morning prayer before the Fajr prayer right That's not recommended for us to perform that now uh, one of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu indicated That Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu the son of Sayyidina Umar Abdullah ibn Umar he said, saw the person praying after door, after Fajr. He saw the person praying after Fajr. And he said, Abdullah ibn Umar said to him, that the Messenger of Allah Ta'ala came to us, and we were praying, we were making Salah. Um, and he said to us, we were making Salah at that same time, the time of after Fajr. And Ayyi sallallahu alayhi said to us, As though those of you who are present should inform those who are absent. You are not to pray after the Fajr Salah begins Except the two Raka'ads That you have done That was supposed to be done prior to it Which means If a person was supposed to perform the two Raka'ads And he did not manage to get the two Raka'ads Sunnah Before time He can perform that two rakaats afterwards But except for that one You are not supposed to perform a Sunnah between the Fart the Salah of Fajr, Fajr until the Ishiraq moment comes, Subhanak rahundah, until the sun rises. So may Allah grant Khair and barakah to all of us and grant us to be able to be of those people who realize, our oh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is our guide and he shows us and he teaches us how things need to be done. Um now the other point is the point of whether a person can perform a sunnah salah when a fard salah has started. Can a person come into the masjid and the fard salah has started or the adha, the aqamah has gone for the salah and the person is prepared to want to perform a sunnah salah but the aqamah has gone, can he do that? Inshallah let's hope that, that we carry on after this, we've come to the end of the program. Allow us to dua collectively. Awdu billahi mina shaitan al Bismillahir Rahmanir Raheem Walla Asr innal in Sain alafi Hausr Illa Ladina Manu wa Ami lusalihat watawa sobil محمد watawa Sabr. Wasallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Muhammadin waada adihi wa ashabihi wa barikusallam. Subhanar Rubbi Karabbil Izati
0: Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. That then I concludes our program for today. From myself and everyone on board, we bid you Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.